Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, listeners of Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast. I know that, um, you know, week to week I publish these episodes, and lately we've been doing the Facebook Live thing, and that's been awesome. Uh, But I got to tell you, I've been getting a little ahead on the shows pre-recording, and and I'm I'm missing you. I'm missing talking to you. So I I can't even talk, which is kind of the point of a podcast, but I had a little bit of a rough day. not a bad day, just an off day, you know what I'm saying? And it was not, it just, it didn't flow, didn't feel good, had a great weekend, had a tremendous weekend, a lot of fun, very relaxing, actually quite exhausting, but it was good, it was, it was really good. Anyways, uh, I thought I would use this energy and this kind of funk that I'm in right now to, to talk about a couple of pieces, but one in particular that's kind of dark and not so much when you look at it, but definitely what I was feeling when I was going through uh, creating it. And um, I can't just have an episode be all doom and gloom. I don't want to be Debbie's downer over here, but uh, you know, we'll end on a positive note. I'll talk about a more fun piece that I did, but I, I definitely, I want to use this for, um, being able to, I guess, just talk myself through this mood and um, give you an opportunity to to focus on a dark piece that, you know, it can't all be fun and, and silly and uh, ridiculous artwork. I've got some, believe it or not, I've got some layers in there uh, that, that sometimes come out as a little bit more than uh, just being a silly ass. So why don't we talk about a couple of these, but we'll end on a high note. So that, um, yeah, I don't want to bring you guys down too. So we'll figure that out. But let's let's just, yeah, we'll talk. All right. So the first piece that we've got to talk about today is, is untitled. It's a mixed media on canvas. Original piece, no collage work. It is pure acrylic and Sharpie and paint pen. Its dimensions are 16 by 24, and I completed this piece on 11 March of 23. Before I get into the piece, I think I need to kind of set the scene for the weekend itself, because it was it was a rough one, and 
Uh, I was lent a movie to watch from a friend of mine called Tuesdays with Maury. And the film is based on a book of the same title. But the film was a, a 1999, I think it was a made-for-TV movie starring Hank Azaria and Jack Lemmon. It had to have been probably one of Jack Lemmon's last films, if not his, his last. Uh, it's about a sports writer named Mitch Album and the relationship that he has with Maury. Basically, Maury was a college professor and mentor to him. He was diagnosed with ALS. Uh, over the years, they had kind of fallen apart, fallen, drifted apart, rather, excuse me. Um, and then they reconnected only to find out that this was going on. And so they continued to just visit and have conversations, but Maury continued to mentor uh, Mitch and share all these different lessons with him. And, and Mitch started to record them and, and just as Maury's health declined, the relationship developed and it was very powerful. It was very a very touching story. Uh, so touching that I bawled my ass off the entire film. Like it was it was a great picture, but god damn it if I didn't cry the whole freaking time. And it's not uncommon for me to, to cry at a film or even a goddamn commercial for that matter. But if it, if, if it hits just right, it hits just right. The whole point of the film was in the book and the, the experience. It's all based on actual events. Um, was to simply value life and love and connections and so forth and all of these things. And one of the things among several that I've been trying to work on personally, oh good, you hear a couple of honks in the background? That's cool. Glad we're not doing a podcast here recording or anything. Um, I've been trying to work on things like acceptance and understanding um, just the power of, of just mindfulness and being present and kind of living for the moment and being able to embrace different things, um, understanding that you can't really, I don't know, I, I don't know. Uh, I've got artwork that I'm constantly working through and most of the time I do pretty fun stuff and it's, it's neat. Uh, sometimes it's not the case. And so, um, so that movie really kicked things off to a, a dynamite start that weekend. And, and when I returned it, uh, my friend asked, hey, did you like the movie? And I said, yeah, it was great. I'll never watch it again. Um, but on top of that, there was a another, I guess, influence. And it, it was, it's kind of silly, but it, it was a song. Which that's not that part's not silly. You've heard me talk plenty of the power of music and how much it's influenced my work and, and how I can draw inspiration from that. There was a reel going around for a hot minute that had Nicolas Cage and Pedro Pascal from a scene from the film The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. 
and and it's it was silly because it's in the film they're actually like I think they're tripping on acid or mushrooms or some shit uh, in the scene and they're driving and Nicolas Cage looks over all disheveled and Pedro Pascal's got this silly ass grin on his face and it's it's hilarious. But the song that was dubbed over in the scene, and I regret to inform you that it was not actually in the film. Somebody used that for the real. Um, was a song from Cass Elliot called Make Your Own Kind of Music. And we all know Cass Elliot from The Mamas and the Papas as Mama Cass. But she later went on to have a very productive solo career. And that was one of her songs. And so... Like that song in and of itself, even though it was used kind of in a silly manner, like it just really kind of stuck to me. And I would go onto YouTube and play it and replay it and play it and play it and play it. And as the algorithm does, if I'm not fast enough to just to reset it, uh, it would go on to play other songs of hers. And then another song uh, that was one of hers, If You're Gonna Break Another Heart, came on as well and it was catchy and I, I listened to it a little bit but then I kept going back to make your own kind of music and then uh, then I would kind of think about it and I'd go and I'd play the other song too and then I got to a point where I was playing both those songs exclusively those songs only those songs and nothing else on repeat just those two over and over and over again the entire weekend constantly like that is all I played that was just non-stop round the clock those songs as I worked on this piece and I used some of the lyrics and I used um just the the drive I guess from make your own kind of music it makes sense it kind of just you know you hear that and it's a matter of just kind of like doing your own thing and 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 if you can't come with me, then that's fine, but I'm going to keep doing my own thing and, and whatever. So, um, I had no idea what was going to manifest itself on this canvas. And I just, I just kept going. Um, there were times in the, in the piece that it just was not working whatsoever. In fact, I was asked on one of the last Facebook lives, so I'm always like, oh, yeah, you know, I love this piece, and it was a lot of fun. I say that about everything. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, this was not fun. This was not at all fun. Uh, in fact, it sucked. It's, it sucked a lot. It sucked hard at times. And I just kept drawing over and painting over. Uh, I actually I started using a technique that I've experimented with a little bit here and there with the squeegee. I've talked about it before. Um, on another piece and I've actually I've done now kind of a handful of pieces with it and it's about just kind of lining up some different colors and using a squeegee to, to drag them through into the canvas and just see what it produces but it's that's kind of a, a foundational layer and I didn't really know what the subject was even going to be I just kind of took a sharpie and I just started just started drawing and lo and behold like whatever I started with is not even close to what I finished with. Uh, there were times when it had just like copious amounts of flowing hair. It had um, it had boobs at one point. Um, like I was gonna do like just a, a beautiful woman, um, and it it didn't end up that way at all. 
In fact, I just kept, once I had like a basic frame kind of structured out, I started painting on it. And the paint that I used is fairly vibrant, I guess. I mean, it's it's kind of like a dark vibrant, if that makes sense. I've got, in the background especially, I've got significant amounts of reds and, and like dark blues, but darkish, dark but bright. Um, some yellow and... Um, yeah, it just, it started to kind of take shape. And then as I was painting the figure itself, I just didn't like the direction it was going. So I stopped painting and then I went back to drawing and I just kept drawing over top of it. And some things were, would come together and then other things wouldn't. And eventually I settled on, um, the face was starting to take, take shape like a skull and surprise there because what a, what pieces of mine don't have skeletons or skulls in them but um and then i started to focus on the body and i just developed this very crude rib cage and you know probably from like mid chest mid to the lower third of the chest up so it's it's very much just a, a portrait you can see you know a couple of of the uh, the arms, the shoulders, and the piece, and then I really my favorite part of the entire piece is the rib cage, and I would draw the ribs on, paint in layers, draw over them again, continue to paint, and so it looks like you can actually see into the rib cage and like see through the rib cage, which of course you would, right? But there's there's so much depth and texture here more than any piece that I can think of. Uh, I actually, I started using different tools for different techniques. And what I mean by that is I actually got some just like cake frosting decorating tools. Just they're like flat plastic pieces with different edging on them. Some of them have like very small jagged edges. Some of them have like larger jagged edges. And I just started using that uh, in the background specifically to to texturize and to to draw through the wet paint into the canvas and yeah it's got it creates a lot of line work and and it almost looks like some some patterns that are mixed in because you'd have a color underneath and then you know paint over that with while the paint is wet drag these tools through it and it creates patterns and, and crosses and different um almost like a crosshatch pattern and so I just kept doing that over and over and over again. And then it got to a place where I finally felt comfortable with the, the image. And then I just started to detail it more. And the skeleton face has a variety of colors on it, mostly white, of course, but uh, a lot of yellow. There's a lot of line work. There's a lot of detailing around the eyes, which don't necessarily look super eye socket-like. Um, it's almost kind of a, not a complete skeletal face, but almost, almost hybrid. I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's makeup on top because I think it's very much a, a skeleton face. It has a cavity where the nose would be. It has a mouth with a, a very large kind of exaggerated mouth. Missing teeth, green teeth, yellow teeth, white teeth. 
And then it has like this painted on smile. It's almost like these Joker lips, but there's no lips. It's a skeleton. So it's, it's clearly painted on. And then it has a variety of lines that extend from the lips to the rest of the face. And they indicate like they're holding the smile in place. It's almost like Gulliver's Travels where he's, he's pinned down by all these, these lines and ropes and stakes in the ground. And so it's like this, it's like holding the smile on and holding it up. It's, it's, it's just there. The eyes, one eye is red and the other eye is a couple of different shades of blue. Very blank, very vacant, just kind of staring off. And as you work your way kind of down the chin uh, into the chest again, the left side of the rib cage has X's, just X after X after X after X, almost like a pattern, but just on the ribs only. And then on the very top of that is a broken heart that is stitched in place and stitched back together and, and reattached. Um, but I use that, as you have heard me say before, on a lot of pieces. And um, that continues that motif. And then in the background, as I've also used in several pieces, are the, the birds, the bird stencil, where I've got just flocks everywhere. There's just madness with all different layers and patterns of these bird shapes. They're, there's gray and black and purple and, and red. And there's just all these birds in the background and the foreground. And I used a stencil that I created forever ago. It's just a misfits, um, the word misfits in, in their style of writing, which is influenced by the classic famous Monsters magazine font. And I left the S off and I just put misfit. It's, and it's very, fairly subtle. It, it, it kind of blends in. It's not super prominent because it, I use uh, a very dark red and that blends very much in with the rest of the, the background, but it's over top of half of the, the forehead. And so it's in the very upper corner of the piece. And then I've got birds on top of it. So it's, it's, if you look for it, you'll see it, but like you might, it might not necessarily stand out right away. And then over the M, like I said, I had utilized some of the lyrics from the from the songs and I used the lyric, the hardest thing to do and because I can't take it. And it was um, just part of the song. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take any action based on those words. Um, it wasn't about that. It was just, it was just like, I don't, I don't even know what's happening right now. And it was a rough weekend and I was just putting it all on canvas and I was just getting it out and I got it out. It was, it was not, um, it was not a fun thing, but, um, I've been wanting to talk about it and have it on the, 
on the show, but I, I've hesitated as well. So uh, I just happen to be in not a bad mood, just kind of a low mood. And so I wanted to capture this feeling while I was feeling that way, because I don't want to talk about a down piece while I'm feeling great. Oh, everything's good. Um, but things aren't bad. It was just kind of a, a rough weekend is all. And um, sometimes we have those. We're moving on. Let's talk about something fun. I love, love, love this piece. This is a piece that I've titled Screaming Skelly. And I painted it on a wood cutout. It is mixed media, acrylic, and Sharpie and paint pens. Oh, shocker. And it's a skull. Oh, shocker. Uh, but I did this on a, on a piece of unfinished wood that I found at Michael's. And I don't know for sure because... Who am I to guess? But I got this piece on clearance. I think it was like $2. And it was just a, an unfinished cutout. It's a very wavy form. And it looks like a profile shot of a black woman with a large volume of puffy, wavy hair. Why do I say it was a black woman when it's just an unfinished piece of wood? Well, I'm going to only assume that based on the characteristics that it demonstrates. And oh, by the way, it was in a section of clearance things that were from Black History Month to include cutouts of Africa and various other symbolic shapes of that nature. So I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that that's what it was for. Did I use it for that? I did not. Because what I saw when I looked at it, even though it was just unfinished wood with a wild outline, I, I saw the outline. I'm like, this is nuts. I love this. I want to do something with this. I want to make this resemble something familiar. And what I mean by that is that I love vintage Halloween cutout decorations, especially those that take place that originate from the late mid to late 70s into the 80s were just incredible. The, the artwork was nuts. It, the colors were vibrant and loud. And it was just, it was a range from super scary, like serious looking stuff to super whimsical. And just, I don't like cartoony and like friendly or like baby uh, fun or and that fun. I, I call everything fun, but like, I don't like the cutesy stuff. I like, I like Halloween. It's, it's, it's fun and it's, it's dangerous and it's skeletal and it's monsters and it's all the goodness. Well, I took inspiration from that. And because I saw like the shapes of it, uh, the colors I used are just really bold and bright. And what I did was just freehand drew uh, a skull. I wanted to have something that had its mouth open, was kind of screaming in nature, or at least it gave that appearance. And I drew the skull. Uh, I've rotated it so that it doesn't align with the shape of what was intended to be a, a profile of a face. So it's actually going in the opposite direction of what is likely 
the wood cutouts, nose, mouth, and chin. So it's it's kind of opposite that. I didn't get the piece because I wanted to do a skull where a face would be. I wanted to just use the shape that was was cut out. It was unique. And so I drew the, the skeleton. And then what I did was I, I made a couple layers of just wavy lines that kind of mirrored the overall edge of the piece because I wanted it to have a lot of movement and dimension going on with it. And so I, I did a couple layers of that. So it, it almost looks like a ripple that you would find in a pond where they, they kind of mirror each other and they, they overlap. And then I had lines coming out from the skull as if they were just like right in the center of the piece where the lines just kind of protrude. And uh, then of course, like the classic dots that I use in, in just about everything. But the colors that I used on the on the skull, I've got layers of multiple shades of yellow and purples and teals and light greens and lime greens. And the more you look at it, the, the more colors that stand out. And then it's it's popping off of a of a immediate, very light blue first layer background. Then the next wave is more of like a darker teal. And then that final exterior outline of the of the shape is orange. And so it, it very much captures a lot of the color usage from some of those vintage Halloween cutouts that I discussed. And I took some inspiration, not only just from, from that, and I've done other pieces that are similar, but um, I mentioned before in a few episodes ago, an artist named Mitch O'Connell that does a lot of work in this similar style and with this color palette. And I, it just, something about it is very nostalgic. It's just very, um, it, to me, it captures a feeling. It takes me to another place. It takes me back to a more innocent time as a child when like I can just see myself like walking home from school, the fall, the crisp air, the, the, just the, the nice, just, bite that the, that it has where I grew up in Michigan people burned leaves like I don't even think you can do that anymore I don't know but like they would rake leaves to the edge of the curb of their lawn and they would light them on fire so you'd have the smell of that in the air I'd come home my mom would be canning tomatoes and you'd smell that the windows would be all steamed up like these are memories that I that I have and just looking at the Halloween decorations even though then it was a completely different type of Halloween. It, it was the fall. It was it was cold air temperatures in in Michigan and it was just it was awesome. So I tie all of that, all of those feelings, all of those emotions and memories to Halloween. Like I love the fall. But Halloween is just it's just a part of it, but it, it, it encompasses the entire season. And so I get so wound up when it comes to Halloween stuff that I don't ever want it to stop. And uh, so I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna stop. And that's why, um, you know, I'll paint year round. I don't know what, if I said when I finished this, but I finished this piece on 6 May of 23. And um, yeah, I enjoyed it very, very much. And so uh, I wanted to share that with you and hopefully you'll, you'll dig it. It'll make a good wallpaper on your computer. Tell your friends, right? Put it on your phone, whatever that case may be. 
So I think, uh, obviously, this was a much shorter description of this piece and, and hopefully ending on a lighter note. But let me let me end you on an even lighter note, okay? Because I, I've been thinking about this, too. And it's I guess it's light, but it's also kind of serious at the same time. The ship has sailed, so nothing to worry about. But, um, you know, we, we talk about skeletons and artwork and things. And, and obviously, a big part of a, of a skeleton or a skull is the teeth. And it's funny when you see like missing teeth or whatever, and, and we've all come to know false teeth as dentures, right? We call them dentures or false teeth, but I kind of feel like it, it was a missed opportunity for the naming convention of how we refer to these things because, you know, it's, it's just kind of formal. Well, they're dentures. I got to soak my dentures and my, you know, use my polygrip. Why call them dentures? Why don't we just have a little bit more fun with them and call them something, I don't know, a little more whimsical, a little more practical, like substitutes. All right. Okay, folks, thank you for joining again this week. Art is a powerful thing, and I appreciate your willingness to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. I urge you to do what makes you happy and never accept anyone that treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. To see these works as discussed, follow on Facebook at Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast page or on Instagram at MRMMHOD. You can find this podcast on most major streaming platforms. And most importantly, if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's to remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1 or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them.